Hello, and welcome to the BTG Podcast. I am your host, Jen Fable of BTG Wellness and LiveLifeUnbroken.com. BTG stands for Bridge the Gap, and it is inspired by my own healing journey. After receiving seven different mental health diagnoses by the age of 19, I quickly realized that there was a massive gap between what I believed and understood in my head and what I truly felt in my heart. And no matter how many therapists I went to, I couldn't seem to bridge that gap until I found the tools and information that I share in my one-on-one private sessions, trainings, and right here on this podcast. My goal is to help you begin to bridge that gap by bringing you different topics related to mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being. And in case you didn't know, this podcast is recorded live during my weekly Zoom virtual healing circles. These are weekly virtual gatherings that are 100% free, and no RSVP is required. So you are welcome to come whenever you can and stay as long as you want. Each week, we open the space with a candle meditation, after which I will share with you my favorite grounding practices and lead you through a circle casting, guided meditation and breath work, followed by a soul-inspiring gratitude practice. If you are interested in learning more about how you can continue your journey and experience my virtual healing circles in real time, please visit www.btgwellness.com circle and join my free circle membership. Of course, if you like what you hear in today's episode, please remember to leave a review and share the love by sharing this episode with your friends, family, and social network. And as always, if you have any questions, please know you can always reach out to me through my website at www.btgwellness.com or through email or social media. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Virtual Healing Circle with me, Jen Fable of BTG Wellness and LiveLifeUnbroken.com. And tonight, I want to talk about the Kabbalistic Tree of Life. Now, this is part one of a three, possibly four-part series. We'll see how it goes. And it is meant to introduce you to this idea and concept and philosophy. This is, studying the Kabbalah is a lifelong pursuit that requires a very wise guide who's been studying it for many, many years. I am not that person. It is something that I myself explore in my own practice. And so my job tonight is to share that with you so you can start to get an idea that this is even out there in case it is something you want to explore more deeply. So why is this important? This is important because the tree of life is a multidimensional glyph or a symbol that contains within it immense wisdom that is designed to help you find greater balance on your healing path. This is important because using this symbol, using the tree of life, can provide a very powerful foundation for meditation practice if you know how to use it. And this is important because learning how to tap into the power of this symbol can provide a lot of guidance and direction for whichever path you decide to take. So let's do like a quick little overview of what this is so you can get an idea of what I'm talking about. So the Kabbalistic Tree of Life is based on ancient Jewish mysticism, and it's something that's also widely used in Hermeticism, which is a Western philosophy that has roots in Greek mythology and ancient Egypt. That is a topic of a whole other circle, so we're not going to get too deep into that. The word itself, Kabbalah, translates to tradition or reception. 
It was designed to be handed down from person to person. And so for a long time, it wasn't written down. This is more of a philosophy. It's not traditional dogma. There are no books telling you what to do about it, although nowadays you can find more. But the actual ancient wisdom that is buried in the tree of life is a tradition that is handed down from teacher to student and on and on. You see symbols of this hidden in plain sight. And unless you know how to decode it, it'll just look like pretty things. The Tree of Life chronicles the development of the soul. It chronicles the development of the individual, and it chronicles the development of the collective unconscious, hence why it's multidimensional. It is applicable to self as well as the greater cosmos and all space in between. The Tree of Life highlights 10 creative forces that are said to intervene between the infinite, which is known as the Ein Sof, which is Hebrew for unending or infinite, and our created world. It's considered to be a map of divinity. It represents the polarities, what we have to understand in order to understand the opposite side and how to find the path of balance between them. That's an overview of what it is. Let's go a little bit deeper. Those of you who are familiar with the chakra systems will know that in the chakra system, it's all about moving the energy from deep inside of you up so that you can connect with divine. We talked a few circles ago about kundalini energy. And that's all about the energy that rises from the divine feminine up through your chakras, through the central line of the body to reach the divine masculine in the head where they then become joined. And the whole goal of yogic practices is to move that divine feminine energy up to meet with the divine masculine in unity and balance. The Kabbalistic tree of life is less of a bottom-up process and more of a top-down. It's not about you circumventing your own humanity and trying to rise up to divinity. It's about learning how to bring the divine energy down into the physical world that we live in so that you can literally live heaven on earth. We are not meant to deny our humanity. We are meant to, in our humanity, embody the divine. And that's what the Kabbalah is all about. So the Kabbalistic tree of life is the main symbol that is the basis of the study of Kabbalah. It is immensely intricate in the symbolism that it contains within it. And at its core is describing a system of divine energy. It consists of 10 spheres, 10 circles that are known as sephirot or sephira, if you're only talking about one. And there are spiritual principles by which the world has been created. They are meant to represent 10 emanations of the divine as they move from the energy outside down into our world. Think about it like transformer stations. The energy that you access in your home through an outlet in the wall doesn't come from like hydro itself and then boom, through a wire right directly into your wall. It goes through different power stations and conduits to slow the energy down. At each of those power stations, it gets slower and slower so that once it gets into our home, it's safe to connect to. The Kabbalistic tree of life is about describing a system where you have this divine energy, the Ein Sof, the all that is, the infinite potential of the universe, how it starts to move down through these emanations of the divine so that we can bring them into our own self. Each sephira is connected to a specific color a specific planet, a specific element, a specific astrological sign, a specific tarot card. It's related to either male or female energy, the divine masculine, divine feminine. They're connected to specific chakras, body parts, aspects of the psyche, and our developments. 
So this truly is a multidimensional glyph and symbol that can be used as a map of all areas of our life, hence why you need someone who's a good guide to lead you through this. In between the 10 sephirot are 22 interconnected pathways. These are considered to be the ultimate destination of combining the divine masculine and divine feminine. So in the chakra systems, it was one center line. Here we're seeing there's two sides and then a center line in between. Now, these 22 connected paths are connected to the 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, as well as the 22 major arcana cards in the tarot which is highly based on the Kabbalistic tree of life. So let's back up a little further. We've talked in the past about sacred geometry. I've gotten a little bit in depth with that. It's something that requires a lot of visuals. So I talk about that more in my online course. But we've talked about how the basic symbol in sacred geometry is the circle. The circle represents infinite potential, all that is, all that will ever be. Even the ratio of pi found within the circle is an infinite number. When you take that single circle and you overlap it once, you get the Vesica Pisces. If you want to recap of that, you can go back to the episode of the podcast that talks about the Vesica Pisces. When we overlap seven circles, there is a shape that is called the seed of life. It is said to parallel the seven days of creation, the seven chakras, the seven notes in the musical scale, which is what da Vinci compared it to. The seed of life is reflected in our macro and our micro cosmos. If you continue with the overlapping of circles, you get to eventually the flower of life, which is an expansion of the seed of life, and it consists of 19 overlapping circles. And you will see this symbol, this glyph, in ancient traditions all over the world. You'll find this in churches and in streets in Turkey and Greece and India and Egypt, all over the world, embedded this symbol into their society because of the immense power that is contained within it. Now, if you look inside that symbol, you will find the tree of life. It is the ancient Kabbalistic symbol embedded in the flower of life, and it has roots in Jewish mysticism. It's associated with Western magic. So yoga is considered an Eastern magic. It is associated with India, Asia, right? It's more the Eastern philosophy. The Kabbalistic tree of life is associated with Western philosophy and more in ancient Greece and ancient Egyptian mythology. When you're looking at the tree of life, you will notice that there are three different pillars. You have the right side of the tree, which represents the path of mercy, and it's associated with the left side of the body. So as you look at it, it's on the right-hand side, but to understand the Kabbalistic tree of life, you need to back into it. When you do that, the different sephirot line up with different parts of the body much like the chakras line up with different parts of the body, only this time, instead of there just being one line up the center, there's also the left and the right. The left side of the tree of life represents the path of severity, and it's associated with the right side of the body. And then down the middle is what's called the middle pillar, and it represents the path of balance. The Kabbalistic tree of life is all about finding balance by exploring polarities, something that in the world of love and light, we don't like because we just want the good stuff. We don't want to explore the polarity. The Kabbalistic tree of life describes a path to divinity, a path of pulling that divine energy down onto earth that requires you to explore the light and the dark of it, the up and the down of it. Otherwise, you cannot have true knowledge. 
Now, we're going to go through each sephira one by one, but we're only going to cover the first three plus one today. And then in the next few episodes of the podcast and Healing Circle, we'll talk about the other ones. So the very top of the tree of life is called Keter, which is the divine crown. It represents the highest attainment that we can achieve while still remaining in human form. Any higher than that, and you can't be human and reach it. This is out of our grasp because we're still in the human body. It is that pure consciousness. It is that infinite, unmanifested potential. It is that quantum field of potential. All possibilities that exist outside of you that the quantum world is starting to describe, that is what is embodied in the energy of Kether. It is pure, boundless potential, and it is a radiance that never diminishes. As the energy moves from the crown, it moves down into Shokma or Chakma, if you want the proper Hebrew pronunciation, which stands for wisdom. Once we pull something from this infinite field of potential, the first thing we have to do is get a flash of inspiration. This sephira is all about that initial seed of an idea that just like a what if that first pops into your head. Wisdom is that first tangible thing that the human mind can grasp. We can't grasp the infinite. We can't grasp an infinite field of potential. Shakma is all about that first thing that we can grasp onto, that thought, that flash of inspiration. It enables us to be logical and analytical and organized, and it's very much associated with the divine masculine yang energy. This sphere is considered the divine father of creation, and it is the spark of insight that is necessary to create anything new. Everything in our world started with a spark of insight, started with someone going, oh, what if? And that spark came originally from beyond, and that first flash that moves into us is Shakma, it's the wisdom. From there, we move to Bina, which stands for understanding. This is all about the development ideas. This is the womb of creation. This one's all about enabling us to be spiritual and creative and transcendent. Once you have a spark of an idea, you got to get creative to figure out how to make this come into your world. This is associated with the divine feminine or yin energy, and it's considered to be the divine mother. It receives the creative disorganized energy from Shakma, and it applies some basis of form and stabilization. You need something to balance off all the thinky-thinky stuff. When you take these three sephira together, it's referred to as the supernal triangle, also known as the triangle of divinity. And this encompasses the top sephirot and represents the three states of the divine, the supreme oneness from all things which emerge, which is Kether, the divine masculine, which is Shokma, and the divine feminine, which is Bina. This is often referred to as the Holy Trinity because it is the combination of these three powerful energies that leads to the creation of life itself. You need to have wisdom and understanding before you can have ultimate knowledge. This, by the way, is why we have to not only understand logically, but we have to experience something before we can have ultimate wisdom. So that supernal triangle, remember I said that, yes, it is the triangle of divinity, but the Kabbalistic tree of life also maps onto us. And those sephira represent the left ear, right ear, and the top of the head. Also left brain, right brain, so left hemisphere, right hemisphere, and the integration of the two. So it is the balancing of the hemispheres of understanding something and having wisdom and knowledge of something in order to get that larger picture. So we can read all about something all we want, and until we actually do it and experience it, we'll never actually know it. 
Or in the coaching world, we like to say, you have to do something. <laughs> and this is why. Otherwise, it doesn't balance and it takes you down either the path of severity or the path of mercy. And you would think the path of mercy is like, oh, yay, that sounds nice. Um, but it often leads to severe passiveness and issues. So it's about finding and exploring the space in between. Now, there is an 11th hidden sephira called Da'at. And it represents the reflection of Keter in its knowable form. It's the concept of knowledge, but turned inwards. It's knowledge of self. And it is the void. It is the abyss that separates the higher sephira from the lower ones. You have to transverse the void of knowing yourself before you can reach wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. Thou shalt not ignore thyself. This one allows us to focus on an idea that becomes relevant and personally meaningful. It's not an actual sephira because it doesn't exist on the tree of life. It is just a reflection of divine knowledge that exists within us. It is what happens when we turn our knowledge on ourselves and use it to understand who we are because we are an intricate part of this process. It's what enables us to be attentive and principled and involved, to have skin in the game, to give a shit. <laughs> you need to have this one in there. And it is the veil of illusion that we must navigate in order to bring that energy down into Nalkuth, which is the 10th sephira, and that embodies your own personal being. We'll get to that one in future episodes. So in order to pull heaven down onto earth, you have to move through the veil of illusion. If you don't believe that you are worthy of divinity, that you are precious and to be protected. If you are not using your voice, if you are not part of the process, then you cannot pull that divine energy down. You must transverse that veil of illusion and the illusion being that I'm not worthy, that I'm not good enough. That's the illusion that we need to heal through. Now, when you look at the process of manifestation from the viewpoints of the Kabbalistic tree of life, there's a specific pathway you are meant to take. And those of you who are in circle tonight might recognize this shape, which is called the path of the flaming sword. It's also the shape of the lightning bolt from the tarot card, the tower. It represents the path of manifestation, the fastest path that allows you to move through all sephira and find balance. You'll notice that the goal is not staying to find one path and stick to it. Be like, I'm going to choose the path of mercy and then I'm not going to have to deal with any of the bad stuff. I'm going to do all the good stuff. Or my job is to go right down the middle. No. Manifestation requires that it goes through each of the sephira all the way down. And what's really interesting is the path between Bina and Chesed, and we're going to talk about Chesed next time, doesn't actually have a sphere in between. That's where that hidden one is, Da'at, that's the abyss. And it is the most important barrier on the tree of life. I said, it is the veil of illusion we have to move through. In order to manifest, you have to move from expansion to contraction and then back to balance. Polarity is required to pull heaven down on to earth. Thou shalt not circumvent the system. This also means that the tower card, what is knocking the tower down, is the fastest points of manifestation. Hence why that's such a powerful card in the tarot deck and one of my favorites. So some key concepts to remember. Remember that the Kabbalistic tree of life is a map. It's a map of the path of the micro and the macrocosm. It describes the movement of energy from source down into our three-dimensional reality. Remember that the goal of all spiritual pursuits is balance, 
which can only be attained through the exploration of opposing polarities. It's not all about finding that path of balance and never straying from it. It's about exploring all spaces in between, including the extremes. And remember that the goal of healing and growth is not to evolve beyond your humanity, but to learn how to embody the divinity of the universe and bring heaven to earth. And as always, I want to remind you to decide you want it more than you're afraid of it. Some of you are like, shit, I just kind of figured out the chakras. Now I got to learn this stuff too. Ah! <laughs> or I don't want to explore the polarities. It feels icky. And that's awesome. That's what makes us human. And just decide you want it more than you're afraid of it. And that's always the decision that will open up resources to help move you forward on your path. And of course, if you have any questions about anything from tonight's circle or podcast, please know you can always reach out to me through any of my websites, either btgwellness.com or livelifeunbroken.com or through email or through social media. How do you remember all of this? <laughs> I've been studying this for a couple of years. And so I've been playing with this. I mean, I've been doing the Kabbalistic cross and LBRP for like seven years now. And then I've been playing with and understanding the stuff more readily over like five, four, I don't know, COVID messed up my timelines, <laughs> whatever it is, plus two, I feel like. So yeah, it's not, it's not an overnight thing. It is an exploration. And every time you explore it, the Sephira apply to self, they apply to others, they apply to your world around you, they apply, like, it's a map that is like, for anyone who knows graphics, it's vector-based, it can go super small or super large without losing clarity. This symbol can be used to describe the most minute parts of our world with the biggest, and so it literally is a lifelong pursuit and philosophy to, um, to study. Thanks. My pleasure, my pleasure. Thank you again for joining me for this episode of the BTG podcast, which stands for Bridge the Gap, with me, Jen Fable. Remember, if you want to experience my virtual healing circles in real time, visit www.btgwellness.com circle. And of course, if you have any questions at any time, please know you're always welcome to reach out to me through social media or through my websites at btgwellness.com or through my coaching website, livelifeunbroken.com. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.